Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Diane Hoffman. From undercover prostitute to empowerment speaker and trainer for leaders. Welcome to the show, Diane. Oh, Gigi, such a pleasure to always be with you. Likewise, it's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where you are from? Okay, thank you. Well, I am a native of San Diego, California. My family's been here since the 1920s. We're fifth generation and have uh, you know deep roots here. And I am, you know, I grew up uh, 12 years of Catholic school, a uh, very middle class family, uh, really uh, a beautiful growing up. And, you know, I fell into uh, becoming a police officer and I can talk a little bit about that. That wasn't a path that I thought I was going to be, but I, there was so much learning in that. And especially with the undercover work that I did, uh, you know, it's really uh, opened up a lot of way of how I relate to people and seeing how you can have deeper, deeper conversations coming from that place. I love it. Tell us more about your BMX bike accident. Yes, yes. So as I mentioned, I worked, uh, I worked patrol, but I also worked uh, undercover. And one of our undercover assignments was riding uh, BMX bikes uh, so that we could sneak up on uh, 10851s, which were stolen vehicles, because anybody who's proficient out on the street, they know the sound of a police car. And so they would scatter before we got there. So we started using bicycles uh, to be able to uh, get to on a situation without people hearing us come. And uh, one day when I was actually riding downhill on my bike, I hit a pothole, went flying over the top of my handlebars, put my hand out and bam, hit the ground rolling. And I had shattered all the bones in my right hand, which is my gun hand. And my fingers were actually back towards my elbow and had to be rushed to emergency surgery where I had seven hours uh, of that surgery and woke up uh, with this big contraption on my arm called an external fixator with six rods through my arm. And uh, it took me six months to relearn how to use my hand. And I actually have really good flexibility and had a, a really uh, great recovery from that. Um, in fact, I can even shoot. However, I was told that if I broke my arm again and can't be in any street fights, that um, I would have a 33% chance of paralysis. So I was medically retired out of the department. So it was a career uh, ending accident. And I believe like, you know, all things, uh, it's not a true accident. It's just uh, what happened to go on the next path. Absolutely. You are, you are truly a warrior. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Now, can you tell us more about your experience surviving being shot at? Mm, yes. Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, as a as a police officer, you actually you can be shot at at any moment, any time. And there was a uh, we call 5150, which is, um, you know, kind of the, the code for someone who is unstable or crazy. And uh, this person was, you know, running up and down on a roof and we had arrived on scene. And he started shooting at us. And I actually heard the whiz of a, of a bullet going past. And that was a little too close uh, for comfort. And, you know, there was different situations where we would hear gunshots and, and fires and, and being nearing like drive-by shootings and things that, you know, it seems like gunshots were things that you heard on on a fairly regular basis. 
and so uh, learning the different strategies to be able to, you know, take cover and to be able to react very quickly in those kind of situations. Um, in fact, I had a situation where I usually, when I was in patrol in uniform, I would uh, ride by myself. Uh, but there was a time where I had a uh, partner where we would be riding along and we were going down an alley and there were a group of kind of young gang members in the alley and uh, we had stopped to talk to them. And I was a passenger at the time. I had gotten out of the car and I was, you know, talking with someone right in front of me and he had what looked like to be a, a gun in his waistband, he started to pull it out. And my partner had come out of the car and she was getting ready to shoot. And I had just reached out and grabbed that gun. And it was a reaction that I'd had. And, uh, you know, we stopped everyone and had a chat and it would have been a justified shooting um, for that to happen. Uh, but we come to find out that it was actually a replica gun. So it wasn't, uh, it couldn't have shot. But, you know, when, when you're in an alley at two in the morning and, and everything's going down, you wouldn't have seen that and you wouldn't have known that. And so you have to trust your your instincts. And even though I had to pull my gun, you know, multiple times, it for the grace of God, I never had to actually shoot somebody. And um, it's those type of, of moments of grace that allowed, uh, you know, myself to survive. I had two young daughters at the time and for no one to get hurt in that situation. So, you know, when you have situations like that, you start really building your own trust and your intuition and your training and, and all the experiences that we all have in life to be able to, um, you know, not second guess ourselves and to be able to react uh, in a more timely manner. Very inspiring. Now, talk to us a little bit more about the importance of volunteering. Hmm. Yes. You know, I think it is so important to find an area that you are um, passionate about somewhere where you feel like you can you can give back. Uh, you know, our company, uh, you know, believes in tithing. And so we focus on things to help um, particularly children in human trafficking, uh, in particular things like um uh, impact where uh, our our local gym does things to help local athletes, um, but there are things that uh, I feel like there's you know there's so much given uh, I believe to us, and you know it's it's of those things that we're given that we're here as as servant leaders to be able to give back and have that impact uh, that is is much more far reaching and. I think that there's many different ways to do that. I mean, you can be uh, giving back within your own family. There is things in your own uh, neighborhoods. There's things that are global that are happening. There's so many different ways that you can give back. But I think that that's part of uh, when we look outside of ourselves and we see where that ripple effect can happen, I think it makes uh, such a huge difference. And and I would see that, you know, even when I was working on the street as a police officer and I was a DARE instructor for um, a part of, of my um, work as well. And I got to be around like fifth graders and just hearing their mindset and seeing about what they saw for their own future and seeing how you can influence having conversation with them and, and look, help them to see things bigger. And so I think it is so important to find out, you know, what areas inspire you or feel that you can have impact on. And, you know, volunteering is, I believe, part of, of our, our service of why we're here. Absolutely. Such an important topic. And especially with, with human trafficking, it's happening right here in our backyards. So thank you for talking about that. Now, traumatic thinking, what would you tell an individual who has a habit 
of traumatic thinking. Hmm. Well, I think you said it perfectly, Gigi. It's, it's a habit, right? And so all the things going on in, in our mind, they're habit forming. And the more we watch things, especially right now, what's happening in the world, it's like, what are the things that people are filling their mind with? What are they spending their time with? What are they actually doing? And if you watch like, uh, you know, uh, let's say mainstream media, and you're just seeing tragedy after tragedy that's going on, and that builds fear within someone. One. And if you don't have another way, whether you are based in, in the word, you trust in God, you've got, you know, the faith in your family, you race on your values. What are the other things that you have in your life that shift your mindset to look at things being positive? Because if you only see things that are negative or things that are wrong in the world, you start building those neural pathways for that traumatic thinking. And you feel like all these things are always happening to you or bad things always happen. And so, you know, you and I have talked before is that, you know, you can identify yourself as a victim or you can realize that everyone has victim experiences and there's not, you know, some may seem greater in some ways, but they impact us in a lot of different ways, but it's how we look at those things. And, you know, you can decide whether you're going to be a victim or you're going to realize, hey, I had a victim experience, but I was a victor in that place. And I learned something from that. And it allows me to do my deeper work that I'm here to do. And if you just wallow in that traumatic thinking, you're stuck there. And you want to be able to look at what is the bigger picture? Why did I have these different experiences? And how is it that they can actually impact other people because no one's walked your path, right? You and I have talked about this, you know, walking the individual path. We haven't never been in the shoes of different people. And those individual walks are the experience that we have to touch somebody else who can only hear the message from you, from your experience. Amen. Such a powerful message. Now, you. you are a domestic violence advocate. Talk to us a little bit more about domestic violence. You know, it's interesting as a, you know, as a police officer, I've been in thousands of homes and a big number of them were domestic violence calls. And so I got to have a lot of experience of uh, seeing people at their worst, right? And being in their place when things are happening. And I think something very interesting can happen when you're, uh, whether you are a first responder in the military, the police, you know, anybody who uh, is around a lot of, of trauma, sometimes you can start numbing out to some of that. You can compartmentalize it so that you can emotionally get through some of those things so you can get to the next call so that you can be present for that. And I remember uh, at a time when uh, kind of the middle of my career where I was in a relationship that was not very positive and uh, somebody who really had me second guess myself and my own thinking. And I didn't realize I, I, because I, I really was looking at the things I was seeing on a daily basis were so traumatic and so, um, you know, uh, assaults with deadly weapons and rape and shootings and major things that when I was looking at my own relationship and seeing there was a lot of um, emotional abuse in that. And one particular you know, situation um, where I said something that triggered him and he actually put hands on me. And I really compartmentalized that and didn't look at that as domestic violence for myself. 
because I was doing it in comparison that I've seen worse and there's been other things and, you know, there's so many other good things there. And I wanted to have uh, a good stable home for my daughters. And I was a single mom at the time. And there was just all of these things that, you know, we put ourselves in situations that we don't always see the big picture because we're just doing the day to day and we're seeing what is actually happening. And it wasn't until my, um, I kept making excuses for it as well. And I kept thinking, you know, I'm an educated woman. I am a police officer. I'm seeing all the things happening here. And I couldn't see enough with myself because I was directly involved with it to know that um, either I deserved better or I could look at something differently. And it wasn't until my last case, uh, which is the, you know, Danielle Van Dam, who was kidnapped and murdered. And when I was involved in that case, uh, you know, I was at the, the family home. I was the liaison between the, the department and the family. And every day we were having uh, searching for her and, and trying to help and get the word out. And I had gotten a call from my uh, boyfriend at the time, and he was just belittering, you know, on the phone and just saying things like, you know, you need to just come home and make dinner and they don't need you there. And you just want to be on TV and just all of these things. And I just had this moment and it's this grace moment that happened where it's like, it became quiet and silent and I could actually hear the word of God telling me enough is enough. This is not for you. This is not how, you know, we want you to show up to be for your daughters. This is not the impact to be able to have to be in this relationship. And it was that day that I made uh, the decision to get out of that once and for all. And, uh, and, and I was done and I had finished that. And so it's important to, you know, notice what's happening in your life, not isolate yourself and to be able to have conversations with people that maybe see some things that aren't so prevalent to you or some of the uh, excuses and things that we can come up with in, in our own mind and to have some awareness around that. So that gave me a lot more empathy to, you know, because people will say, well, why didn't you leave? Or, you know, why didn't you do something different? And, you know, sometimes we stay long enough to get the lesson that needs to happen. We learn from it so that we can help others. Amen. Learn from it. It's so important to learn from our past experiences very powerful. Now, Diane, you have this quote that you have a phrase for. It's our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. And so you say, so instead of shining this light outside, you started shining the light inside and trusting your innate knowing. Yes. How did you come to that conclusion? Oh, you know, this was just a, a beautiful God moment. And again, you know, as uh, we, after the case, the Danielle Van Dam case, and this was a, a very exhausting year of going to court and luckily he was, you know, convicted and that part, you know, uh, was able to, um, you know, have some peace with that. Uh, but one of the things that happened is that somebody had donated for myself the uh, mother and one of the other, uh, you know, volunteers in in the case to go to a place in Tucson called Canyon Ranch, and it is a kind of health resort center. And I've never been to a place like this before that time. And when we went there, 
it was a very interesting kind of contrast to all of the angst and and sorrow and just exhaustion that we were going through prior to arriving at this location and we started a healing process there where you know there were people who were cooking amazing organic meals and there was beautiful fountains and there were paths to walk on and you could have treatments for your body and you could be out and uh, doing hikes and there was just so many different things where you're taking care of all of the different aspects of yourself so that in the evening we were having these amazing clarity and and beautiful conversations where in the healing um the mother brenda was talking about how she didn't want this to happen to any other children and what could she do um to bring some awareness to help find children sooner because the person who had, had taken and murdered her uh had put her in in her motorhome and drove her out of the neighborhood during an active police you know um, search for her, and so it was part of these discussions that led to the Amber Alert, which alerts people um, on emergency on their phones and on billboards on the road um, when children are taken, so that they can uh, have quicker responses to be able to help them in in these type of, of situations, and so it was at this place at Canyon Ranch that. That um, it came to me, the term spa life. And at the time, this has evolved in many different ways. Uh, but, you know, the spa and spa life is for seek power always. And it's that power within you to do that deeper work. And so this, when you're in the presence of, you know, taking care of yourself, that filling yourself up at the, you know, so that you, that self-care, it's in the overflow that we can be present to God's messages. We can realize that, you know, there's so much noise happening out in the world in so many different ways. And if we take those moments to be silent and we go within that's where the light is. That is that God-given, you know, blooming that happens within us. And that's where we get knowing and discernment and our intuition and all of those things that increase that power and light within us. And, you know, I, I was going to, I had mentioned to you, I was going to share one of, um, you know, I've got several, uh, you know, verses from the Bible that I, share that have to do with that power, because a lot of times people think of power as the abuse of power, and they don't think of the power within us that we are, are given as part of our God-given rights, right, is to have that power. And so some of them are like um, Micah 3.8, which is, but as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, with justice and might. That is, you know, when we read the powerful words of God, we are able to see that we are given this power, you know, and to use it um, for good and to be able to make the difference that we need to be able to do here in the world. Another one is 2 Timothy 1.7, which is, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We want to use that power for good and to harness it. And so we want to see that light within us is lit so that we can actually be that power out in the world. Amen. Very uplifting. Thank you for sharing that with us, Diane. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? It's a choice. 
It's absolutely a choice. And one of my favorite things in doing this is I one of uh, I love the calendar and I think your calendar, I think everyone should have like a wall calendar. I know we all use our phones and it has all the details and things on there, but there's something very magical about having a wall calendar where you actually put the things that inspire you and that actually draw you to do the things that you want in your life. You want to first know what exactly are your values? Like what's important to you? If you say that, uh, you know, time with your family is important, it, we all we have to do is look at our calendar to see is it in there? Like, what does it actually look like? You know, if we want to spend more time, you know, in nature so we can connect with God, is it in your calendar? So, one of the most beautiful habits that is really powerful that allows you to live the life that you want to live is to look at your calendar and to be able to put in not just the appointments and the things that we say that we have to do, right? There's nothing we have to do. We have to look at it as what do we get to do? And when we start looking at our calendar in our life in terms of what do we get to do, that is a sense of, of power and purpose. And we can look at the calendar and see, is it filled with a value-filled life that is inspiring, that we actually are spending the time doing the things that we want to do? And we know, especially for people who are entrepreneurs out there, that you know some days are busy, right? There's a lot happening in there. And you know sometimes we don't get to see you know, in actuality, where our life is leading us and what is it that we have to look forward to. And I think we've kind of forgotten in some ways to look forward to something. I mean, remember when we were in school and you'd look forward to summer, right? You'd look forward to Christmas. You would look forward to something. And so it's actually beautiful, especially if you have that wall calendar to have, and I especially think quarterly is great to have something on there that, especially if you have children, right, that you can show them, hey, we're working together as a family here because we're going to go do maybe even a staycation or we're going to have a, a picnic together or something that the family all looks like we're moving together in a direction. And even if you don't have children, but for yourself, like what is it that you're leading towards? What are you doing that you can have those rewards and those celebrations? Because when we do that, that inspires us to then step forward to the next thing that God has for us to do. And having those rewards and things to look forward to helps gives us the energy and the drive uh, to keep going forward. I love it. Now, talk to us more about the impact book that you and I actually worked on together with several other amazing authors. Yes. And Jen Duplessis, she's the visionary behind that book project. Talk to us a little bit more about it. Yes. Well, I happen to have a copy here. I'll just throw it, pop it up here for anyone who's looking at here. Yeah. Your growth acronym is so inspiring. And, and I loved reading that in there. And there's so many beautiful ones that are in there. You can definitely see my acronym in there. I talked about spa life in there in terms of the SPA being seek power always. And I, I love because I think acronyms, they help us remember things. They help solidify what are important tenants. Uh, you know, when you look at them, especially like you have with growth, the, the G with God first. I mean, those help us focus on what are the things that are important for us. And for me in spa life, I look at, you know, that that S in, in, in spa is for seek, right? And if I break each of those things down, it's like, yes, the whole thing is seek power always. But if when you break them down, you know, here, we know here in seek, like in, um, you know, Mark seven, seven, right. We talk about ask and will be given seek, 
right? What are we seeking and how can we simplify our life and how can we have the systems that allow us to live the life that we want to live? And I talked about power, right? It's important to have that internal power. And so that's in there in the spa life, talking about how to access that and to be led, be led by your, um, your nudges and your inspiration and the things that serve you. And then the seek power always, right? And part of that always is always take care of yourself. I talked about, you know, there's been so many different times in my life where I have had experiences of, of, um, either sorrow or exhaustion. And, and those are seasons. Those are a time of our life. And those are indicators that we have to take care of ourselves. And I look at self-care as it's not a luxury. It's a necessity for us to do our work. We have to be able to take care of ourselves and to have that. That's something that goes on the calendar, those things that really restore us so that we can have the tenacity and the grit and to get through hard things, right? We can do hard things. We have to take care of ourselves and, and the body and vehicle that we were given so that we can do those successfully. Amen. Very powerful. Now, Diane, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Where can the audience find you? Well, I'm on all the different social media platforms just under my name, Diane Halfman. I'm happy if you'd like to send me a private message uh, to you know reach out in any way to do that. Uh, you know, we also talked about too that things are challenging right now. And so uh, I know you put up here the link for dianehalfman.com. Uh, for my website. And there's uh, my podcast that's on there as well, Live Your Spa Life. You can look in there and there's a lot of different resources. And one of them, uh, if you do forward slash crisis, you have a resource there where you can look at how you can help yourself be able to maneuver through, identify when you're in a crisis, what are some of the questions to ask yourself and to start building those neural pathways that we talked about where you're not in that victim mode, but you can look at how you can get on the other side of that. And what are some of the practical tools that help you um, to do that? Because we are powerful beyond measure. Amen. Yes, we are powerful beyond measure. God first. I, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And also, too, you have the giving back portion of your website. Can you talk to us a little bit more about it? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, there are several things on there that um, that have inspired me. And uh, one is the Operation Underground Railroad, which it helps with the human trafficking and supports, uh, you know, different local departments so that they can have extra resources to be able to help the victims, not only uh, to get out of trafficking, but to also have aftercare, you know, because it's important to be like, how do they, how can they change the lifestyle that they have? And how is it that they can um, start rebuilding their own confidence so that they can be successful um, in the next chapter? of their life. Um, another one is the uh, Corazon de Vida. I started back in mm, probably six, seven years ago, going to an orphanage in Tijuana that's not um, that far from me from San Diego. And uh, the children there, it's just, it's really been a beautiful experience. I've gone to, to visit the orphanage several times and they have created within the orphanage a, a family. In fact, it's been there so long that a lot of the children through donations have um, educated themselves to be, 
you know, um, physicians and teachers, and they go back and, and live and take care of the other children. So there's just so many different ways that you can give back. And, and the other one I mentioned about impact, um, this is something through uh, my local gym, uh, Todd Durkin at Fitness Quest Hen, where out of the tragedy of one of the hurricanes um, in his hometown in New Jersey, he started uh, a foundation to help people rebuild their lives and for particularly athletes to be able to have the resources to live and pursue their dream. So I put that on there as just some of my favorite ways to, to give back and to just trigger people to look and see what is it that inspires them in what areas would they like to, um, to help people uh, to, to give back. And one of my favorite things too, is that uh, Edwin Gaines book about uh, the spiritual laws of prosperity. One of the things that, uh, you know, when you look at tithing, one of the things that she talks about in that book is that to give where you are spiritually fed, what fulfills you spiritually? And, you know, if you come across, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a, a church or, you know, a religious thing. It could be, hey, there's just somebody that you want to give on the street. And a lot of times I keep uh, an envelope that says give on it in my purse uh, because I like to be able to also give in the moment uh, for, you know, that, that paying it forward for someone who they may not even know that it came from me. And I think there's just so many ways when we have that give back in front of us to know what inspires us that helps that ripple effect of being able to support other people. Um, we have so much ability to touch people's lives in ways that they may not even know. Amen. Very powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Diane on all of her social media platforms and also on her website that we mentioned earlier. And Diane, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Oh, thank you, Gigi. Thanks so much. You're welcome.